And I want to talk to you this morning about fighting the good fight. Uh, our text this morning is 1 Timothy 6, 12. Um, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, there is a, I mean, let me do one thing. I'm going to go out of here for one second. Excuse me. Um, there's a lot of fighting going on right now uh, among Christians. Uh, a lot of folks are angry. A lot of folks are mad. Um, but it, they, they're not all fighting the uh, good fight of faith. They're not, all, they're not all fighting any fight of faith. Some folks are just fighting because they're, they're angry. But you and I are called to fight a certain way. And as we consider the uh, implications of, of Jesus' death and his resurrection with regard to our ongoing struggle, and we heard a little bit about that ongoing struggle this morning because um, <clears throat> it, it, it rears its, its, its head when we, are, 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 when we come face-to-face with the powers of evil, we come face-to-face with the work of the enemy. Uh, as we consider the, the implications of Christ's death and resurrection on these things, we learn this and we, we, we stand on this truth, and that is that Christ overcame Satan and all the powers of darkness through the cross and through his resurrection. And the thing that we also learn is this, that our victory in Christ is this, it is an accomplished fact. It's not speculative, it's not tentative, it is a done deal, it's an accomplished fact. But, uh, and, and so we all deal with day-to-day battles, and in our sharing we hear some of the stories of those battles, whether it's noisy neighbors or, or whether it is uh, uh, mean supervisors at work, whether it is those who just would oppose us for no reason or maybe because of the Jesus in us. Uh, we, we come face-to-face with these battles with our defeated foe who will try in every way to entice us, to deceive us, and to distract us and to defeat us. Uh, we all deal with those things. And we will win these present battles through standing in the ultimate victory that has already been won. The victory that is ours, if we will uh, take God at his word and put on our armor, if you will, and dare to fight the good fight. Uh, But in order for us to walk in victory over evil, we've got to do one thing. We've got to experience the renewal of our minds by the word of God. Our mindset will be key to our experiencing the victory that is already ours in Christ. And so this morning, I want to point your attention to uh, Paul's admonition to a young pastor named Timothy. And I hope that we will be able to take this admonition and make it our own today. And 1 Timothy 6.12 from the ESV says this, fight the good fight of, of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you were made the, you, about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Let's look at this for a few moments this morning in terms of answering three basic questions. And the first one would be this. What is the good fight? And to help us understand that question, let's consider what Paul is saying to Timothy in the text before us today. Now, Paul has left Timothy at Ephesus to help get the church there in order and to oppose some who have infiltrated the church, most likely from within their own ranks with false teaching uh, which has led to increasing disorder and confusion among the members of this church. And Paul's pastoral concern is for the spiritual health of that church and its health that will result in believers living lives that bring honor to God, its spiritual health that will, that will further the, the message of the gospel and 
there are some who've introduced false teaching, which has led to ethical breakdown. False teaching always leads to ethical breakdown, and it leads to disorder among the ranks of God's people. And so Timothy, his job, according to Paul, his task is to set matters right through solid leadership and solid teaching. And and this command is expressed twice in this letter. In in chapter uh, uh, 1, verse 18 and 19, Paul says this, This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. So here Paul is saying to Timothy, he says, wage the good warfare or or wage the noble war, if you will. And here in chapter one, he's using a military metaphor. And in chapter six, he uses uh, a language that expresses the idea of an athletic contest, which Paul uses in a number of places in his writings. And in chapter six, verse 12, it might be rendered like this. I'll kind of paraphrase it. Keep contending in the noble contest of the faith. And in this, in that verse, the Greek word agonizo uh, refers, it uh, means this, to enter a contest, to contend in the gymnastic games, or in a more universal sense, to contend with adversaries, to fight. Uh, one author suggests that the phrase means literally, agonize the good agony. So the message is clear here, listen to me. Timothy is to wage spiritual warfare, to contest, to contend, to strive, and to struggle against evil. And on behalf of the good of God's people and and, 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 and the cause of the gospel. Paul realizes, as you and I should realize, that these things are not merely personal issues. They're not merely personality issues, nor are they simply things that can be dealt with through, through human resources. Spiritual de- deception. And its fruit are the work of who? Satan. And they are Satan's work to discredit the church, to derail the forward progress of God's people. He desires to distract believers away from the things that matter and instead lure them into preoccupation with things that are trivial on one hand and lethal on the other. And I want you to think about the church in America today and some of the things that are going on among supposedly biblical believers and the things that they are preoccupied with with, and the way that they're being enticed and lured away from the simplicity of the gospel and the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so Paul instructs and encourages and commands Timothy to stand up tall, to fully engage in the spiritual battles being waged all around him. And he wants this young preacher to understand that the work of ministry must be taken seriously. And threats to that work, whether from the outside or from the inside, must be dealt with quickly and decisively. Now, you and I, in 2021, we face similar challenges, albeit in different forms. Our spiritual progress is threatened by the work of the deceiver. We are tempted to become distracted by things of lesser value while, on the other hand, neglecting the things of most importance. Do you hear me? We are certainly threatened by false teaching, but we're also threatened by our own failure to apprehend and believe the truth of the gospel that has been already given, already entrusted to us. And so you and I, we, like the the Christians at Ephesus have an enemy 
And so we're called, just like Timothy, to fight the good fight of the faith. Now get this. This is very important. Fighting for fighting's sake is a waste of time. And it could be hazardous to one's health. (laughs) There are some things in life that are worth fighting for and fighting about and some not. Fighting with each other over petty disagreements is a bad fight, not a good fight. Trying to fight God is is a fight of futility, right? Fighting our, our, our spouse in our marriage is just a waste of time and destructive to our marriage. Fighting in the interest of tribalism or nationalism or materialism or sexism or racism or lust or greed or the inordinate desire for power. All of these are satanic and evil. And James writes that this kind of human conflict, this bad fight, comes about because of human lust and desires and inordinate desires that drive people to conflict. We see the church in America right now beguiled and bedeviled by so-called Christian nationalism, the false gospel of tribalism and idolatry uh, uh, towards people that, that are tearing the church in this nation apart. We saw on January 6th those wielding Bibles and invoking the name of Christ in a fight that will only result in the furtherance of lies, deception, idolatry, and the destruction of everything near and dear to us. That's the bad fight. But we're to fight the good fight. So so the first question was this, what is the good fight? The good fight is fighting the powers of evil, not, not fighting for fighting's sake. But the next question is this, why is the good fight good? The good fight is good because it is a struggle against evil that results in our walking in the victory that is ours through Christ. It's a good fight because it liberates people from bondage to sin and Satan. It's it's good because it advances God's kingdom agenda and God's purposes. It's good because it stands on the side of righteousness and holiness. It's it's good because it is the good fight of the faith. That is, it contends for the truth of the word of God, and it advances the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so in the good fight of faith, the only loser is Satan and his dominion of darkness and those and anyone who would stubbornly align themselves with his kingdom. It's good because when we fight in faith, we cannot lose. We may suffer temporary pain, but we're guaranteed eternal gain. And so this brings us to our third and final question. How do we fight the good fight? And you know what? I think in our journey together, you know, we have various degrees of of relationships among us. Uh, We you know, various, we've been together, some of you have been with us for various amounts of time, but we've, we've had kind of a corporate and a, and a community discussion as we've studied and taught the word of God together. And I think that we've, 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 we've come to understand a few basic truths about, about this fight. We've come to, come to understand, according to Zechariah 4, 6, that this fight is not by might, not, not by power, but that, that is human might and power but by the spirit of the Lord, amen? It's not by political power. It's not by economic power. It's not by the power of one's will or the power of one's personality. It is, it is a spiritual battle. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. 
You know what else we learned, I think? And I think some of you, when I hear you guys testify, when I hear you talk about your story, uh, stories, I, from time to time, I, 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 I hear this theme somewhere embedded in there. And that is that, that we've learned that we don't wait until we see the final victory with our natural eyes to, to, before we, we worship and praise God. But we lay claim to what has been revealed to our spiritual eyes and we worship and praise our, victory, our way to victory through faith. I think we've learned that. I think we've learned that we can be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and that we've been given a a full suit of spiritual armor that we put on in order to take our stand in the good fight. And we stand tall. And after we've stood, we keep on standing because we're, we're, we're arrayed in the armor of God. And then finally, I think we've, we've been, we've been reminded and we've been admonished that we don't wrestle with against flesh and blood. Our, our, our enemy is not people. It's not our neighbor. It's not our brother or our sister. It's not the person in the opposite, in the other political party or the person in the other, in, of the other race or the other ethnicity or nationality. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. People are not the enemy, but the principalities and powers, the rulers of wickedness in high places, the, the powers of darkness, the dominion of Satan. Ultimately, Satan and his demons are our enemy. And so, by extension, we realize that since the fight is spiritual, the fight is spiritual, so are the weapons. And we understand this, that the fight is won by faith. We fight the good fight, listen to me, when we dare to believe that Christ has already won the victory on our behalf. And so we speak and act as those who are more than conquerors through Christ. But there are a few additional points from our context that help us to understand what Paul has in mind for Timothy as he admonishes him to fight the good fight. In in, uh, chapter 2, Paul emphasizes to Timothy the priority of prayer. In verses 1 through 4 and then verse 8, he says, First of all, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people for kings and for all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. He says, this is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people, say all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He says, I desire then that in every place men should pray, lifting holy hands without without anger, or quarreling. This prayer, this lifting of holy hands is a part of the spiritual battle, but it's not done in anger and it's not done in contention and quarreling. First of all, contrast what you just read with the tenor and the tone of some Christians around us today. People are angry. People are bitter. People are hateful. People are spiteful. People are self-willed and rebellious, and they purport to do it all in Jesus' name. Listen, your, 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 your battleground is not, in the, is not with your mouth talking smack. It's not up in somebody's face. It's, it, I'll tell you what, I'm going to tell you where our battlefield is. Our battlefield is our prayer closet. That's where the battles are fought and won. And notice how in Ephesians, Paul concludes the discussion of the whole armor of God with a prayer challenge. He says in Ephesians, Ephesians, Ephesians that's pretty good. Ephesians 6.18, he says, Praying at all times. After the whole thing about the whole armor of God, he says, you take on this whole armor, you do all, do all you've done to stand, and this, this is what you do. This is how you, this is how you, you bring it all together. You pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. 
To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Prayer is one of the primary ways that we fight the good fight of faith. But there's another way we fight the good fight of faith, and that is through embracing the truth and rejecting lies. If you read through 1 Timothy, you'll see this emphasis on on the power of truth over against the power of falsehood. The good fight is, is against lies and deception and falsehood, but the good fight is waged through the embrace of truth versus lies. You get that? We fight the good fight when we inundate ourselves with the truth of God's word. In 4.11, Paul charges Timothy to command and teach these things. Timothy's task uh, is, 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 is to engage in the strong proclamation of the truth of God's word, which dispels the lies that counters the lies and rebukes the lies that are being disseminated among God's people. Someone needs to speak up in the church in America today and say, listen, y'all need to remember who is Lord, and it's Jesus. It's, it's no president or no political party. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the King. Amen. We must immerse ourselves in the truth of God's word, and that is that God's kingdom is not of this world. We're in the world, but not of it, and greater is he who is in us than he that's in the world. We inundate ourselves with the truth of God's word, and, and we immerse ourselves in that truth, and we make sure that we remain committed to sound teaching. We reject sensationalistic, unsound, unprofitable thinking in favor of a firm grasp of basic biblical truth. I think there was a book some years ago written, All I Needed to to Know I Learned in Kindergarten or something like that. Well, I'll tell you this. I've come to believe that all all I needed to know I learned in Sunday school, probably by the time I was 10 years old. I learned a whole lot more since then, but the stuff that I learned when I was a child is enough to, to, to take me through a whole lot of trying times because I learned I was that truth was poured into my life as a child growing up in Sunday school, going to church every Sunday and being taught the word of God systematically. The truth, we fight through embracing the truth, the simple truth of the gospel. And you never get you never you never get too big for your britches, as, as my dad used to say. You never get too old for the basic truth of the fact that God revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God in the flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The fact that Jesus died for sinners like me and you, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It don't get no better than that. The fact that in Romans eight twenty eight, as, as as you were sharing today, some uh, someone I think mentioned in the chat that God that God works in all things for the good of those who love Him or call according to His purpose. The truth is a powerful weapon, and what the church in America needs today is a baptism of truth, a rediscovery of the basic truth of the gospel, and the application of that truth to every problem, to every crisis, and to every situation. The application of that truth to every question. But there's one more way that we fight the good fight, okay? Prayer, the truth, yeah, but also by doing the right thing, by acting and living and and conducting ourselves as Christians righteously. The emphasis of Paul in this letter really is this right teaching that that leads to right living. Sometimes in the realm of of Bible study and theology, they'll they'll, use words that 
So you have to go look up. They'll say, you know, we talk about exposition or exegesis, and then they'll they'll talk about praxis, P-R-A-X-I-S, which is basically the practice. So you take the word, you you interpret it properly, you 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 draw from it what it, what what the author meant and what the Holy Spirit is saying, and then you take that word and then you apply it to your life, and then you practice what is being taught there. And and, and truth without practice is is fairly meaningless. But Paul is is talking about right teaching that leads to right living. And he, Paul is contending for purity and order in the church that will facilitate the healing and the growth of, of people like you and me. And, and he advocates some practical leadership in the church to maintain that order. Listen, family, we honor God and we wage war powerfully against the forces of evil. Yes, when we pray fervently and without ceasing. Yes, when we when we reject lies and we embrace the truth fervently. But we, we wage we wage war against evil when we having been rightly informed and, and shaped by the truth, we live lives of moral uprightness, ethical integrity, and orderly conduct. Think about that for a minute. I'm gonna say it again. We honor God and we wage war against evil when we, having been rightly informed and shaped by the truth of God's word, when we live lives of moral purity, of ethical integrity, and orderly conduct. Or if I would get preached, I'd say, you know what? We fight the good fight by doing what's right. And it's simple. But how do we get away from that? To think that we can be filled with all kinds of evil and malice and junk and mess and that we can we can do and say anything and hate on people and and and, and, and we can go somewhere and, and tear up the capital or go somewhere and, and, and beat people to death with fire extinguishers and we do that because of God and country. But even on a less severe level, sometimes as Christians, just me and you in our everyday walk, we forget the power of good choices, the power of righteous choices, the power of obeying God rather than obeying the voice of our flesh or the voice of the enemy. Every choice we make to do the right thing when we could do wrong represents a blow to the powers of darkness. Some of y'all, I grew up around some folks that in one season of my church life, folks that 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 were uh, they they wanted to be demon busters and they were going out looking for them. But listen, you don't have to look for them because they do come to you. <laughs> some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You, 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 it's like you know. It's like when you go fishing, you don't you don't have to go out and try to you know swim out. But you just put the light in, and they'll come to you. And uh, the, the devil comes to you. But you know what? Sometimes the most powerful thing you do, the biggest slap upside the devil's head, is when you choose to obey God rather than do your own thing, rather than do what He would want you to do. It's powerful, and it's also powerful for the, from the standpoint of giving you a clean conscience. It builds your faith and your confidence in God in your life. And so we fight the good fight by doing what's right. When you choose to speak kind words, hello, rather than speaking mean-spirited words. Amen, somebody. When you choose to, to forego lust in favor of love, and when, when you choose to embrace truth over lies, and when you choose to give rather than merely take all the time, when we conduct God's business in an orderly, diligent manner, when we love with purity, when we lead with integrity, when we serve with humility, when we give with generosity, when we communicate the gospel with a sense of love and urgency. That's how you fight. You fight the 
the enemy by doing church Jesus way. When you logged on this morning, you you don't know when you when you hit that little button, that little that little link to click in here and say I'm going to church today. You just you slap the devil upside his head because he would love to have kept you worshiping at the altar of Bedside Baptist Church this morning. You know what I'm talking about. He would love to have you cordon off because you get that sheep off from 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 the rest of the, uh, of the flock. The, the wolves can get it. He would love to, when you choose to, to, to fellowship with God's people, to read the word, to study the word, to, 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 to tell your testimony, to, to, to put your prayer requests out there and get the help of God's people, you're slapping them all upside down. It's a powerful weapon against you're fighting the good fight. That's how we fight. Now listen, I'm almost done. Excuse me. But listen, Grace family, I would exhort us this morning. As Paul exhorted Timothy, fight the good fight of faith, wage the noble war, agonize the good agony. You know what I'm saying? Some things are worth agonizing and and, and pushing and, and exerting yourself over in a positive and a biblical way. Don't allow yourselves to be deceived. Don't get caught up in things that don't matter. Don't allow yourself to be distracted from that which is most important. Which is this, loving God with everything in you and loving your neighbor as yourself. That means loving everybody, loving all people, loving the people that disagree with you, loving the people who don't think like you, loving people that don't look like you, loving people that, that, will, that, that will despise and use you and, and, and do all manner of evil against you. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in that. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because I'll conclude with this thought as I get, uh, I'm into the last 40, 50 minutes, minutes of the message. That was just a joke. Uh, listen, anything worthwhile in life is worth fighting for. Can you say amen to that? Many of you know that's true. Some of the things of most value in your life you had to contend for. They, didn't, they weren't just laid in your lap. You had to fast and pray. You had to wait and trust. You had to go through something to get to somewhere. Uh, but you've got to know who your real enemy is, and, and you've got to understand the nature of this struggle from a biblical perspective. So, so this is what I'll, I'll do. I, I'll fight not in my marriage, but I'll fight for my marriage. I'm not going to fight the members of my church, but I'm going to fight for my church. For the unity of my church, I'm not, I'm not going to fight those who God has placed as leaders and voices uh, in, of truth in my life, but I'm going to fight and contend for them and contend with them for the gospel. I'm going to fight for my family on my knees. I'm going to fight for my sanctification through spiritual disciplines. I'm going to fight for my health through making wise choices and trusting God. I'm going to fight for my prosperity by being a good steward of the things that God has blessed me with. I'm going to fight the pervasive doubt and unbelief that, that, that lurk within myself that would rob me of God's blessing over my life. So I'm going to fight laziness and apathy and confusion and disorder and anxiety, worry, fear, and I'm going to fight faithlessness, and doubt and unbelief in me. Step back and look around you. Look at how folks all are all caught up over stuff that doesn't really matter. People are decrying the fact that their liberties are being threatened, and I'm talking about Christians. If, you're, if they're outside the church, I'm not, they don't concern me. That's they're in the, they're in Satan's way. And I'm talking about I'm talking about people that are part of, uh, supposedly a part of the Church of Jesus Christ in this country. They they they, they, they cry the fact that their liberties are being threatened and that someone is going to take away their guns, and they get 
all, and then they get all worked up over a totally false, idiotic, ridiculous thing called QAnon, a conspiracy that's proven false, documented to be false. And it's so out there that it pains me to even think that any reasonable person would embrace something like that. But these Christians have allowed themselves in their supposed fight to, their fight to retain their freedoms to become enslaved to some of the most egregious lies imaginable, become enslaved to anger and bitterness and to become enslaved to a hateful, even murderous spirit. Sometimes in the name of the one who died on the cross to liberate us from the power of sin and anger and bitterness and hatred, they want to keep their guns in the name of the Prince of Peace. But listen, child of God, you fight the good fight of faith, all right? Contend against the kingdom of darkness. That struggle begins in your mind and it's in your heart and in your soul. And it's worked out in your home and in your neighborhood, on your job. And it's a good fight. It's worth your time because, again, you're not fighting people. And remember, it's the good fight of what? Fight the good fight of what? Faith. And so I'm going to close with something that Sharon Powell sent me a couple of days ago about faith. Listen to this. And this connects back with something that was said earlier this morning. Faith doesn't always take you out of the problem. Faith takes you through the problem. Faith doesn't always take away the pain, but faith gives you the, the ability to handle the pain. Faith doesn't always take you out of the storm. Faith calms you in the midst of the storm. Family, I love y'all. You, 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 you fought a good fight this last 45 weeks this year. Uh, God, God has risen up in you powerfully, and you have kept the faith. You have fought the fight. You've run the race, and, and we're, we're, we're reaping the benefits and receiving the blessings as a result of that. I just encourage you this morning to keep on fighting the good fight of faith, to, to keep fighting for each other, to keep on fighting lies and, and deception of the enemy, to keep on fighting for the things that really matter. To keep on fighting for justice and truth. Keep on fighting for the poor and for the oppressed. Keep on fighting racism, bigotry, idolatry, and, and hatred. Keep on fighting the good fight of faith. Amen? Amen.